You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So we've got a little bit of a disparity going on with our statistics, with, with rent specifically. Rents jump, they're up for single family homes in the Seattle area, but fall for apartments. This is a lot of what I've been hearing is that apartment owners, maybe a duplex, triplex, fourplex, they're having a tough time getting their, their units rented at what we used to consider market rate. So rates have, have gone down a little bit on apartments, but that's because a lot of times the apartments are in the more urban areas of Seattle. And, and to date, a lot of that stuff hasn't been open that you want to live in those areas for, right? We're just now getting back to kind of opening up. And so for all those months with the whole coronavirus thing, nobody wants to live in an apartment. They want to live in a single family home where you've got your own space, you can control your environment, all that good stuff, bigger, better neighborhood versus urban dense with all the cool stuff closed down. That's why we're talking about rents on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. It's actually a real estate one. So if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a real estate brokerage and an appraisal company. And I read the news and we talk about it. All right, let's jump on in. So this has been a kind of an ongoing story. And I know a lot of people are like, ah, who cares? Yeah, that's true. But following, I mean, you can say who cares about anything, right? Um, what is interesting to me is just the real estate is always about impression. It's about appearance. Because what once used to be a crappy old neighborhood is now the next new and upcoming thing. Oh, it's a great location. It used to be just horrible. You know what I mean? Things appear differently over time. They change and the impression is such that all right. So right now, you know, apartments, they're, they're not favorable. They're not favored. People don't want to live in an apartment. People who can afford to get out and buy a single family home, they have been doing that because interest rates are so low. They've been doing that in droves. And then if you have the option of renting and you're a tech worker, maybe you don't need to live so close to downtown anymore. Maybe you rent further out, you do whatever. You only commute into the office a couple of times a, a, a week. You can go live kind of wherever you want, not worry about it as much. Well, I think that the time to that is ending. I think companies are, yeah, we, we need you back in the office. Going to need you to work on Saturday. I always do that one because it's funny. Uh, it's more expensive to rent a single family home this year in the greater Seattle area than last. But the cost of renting an apartment is dropping. Don't think you're going to run out there and get a bargain, though. It's dropping by a tiny little bit. By like, say, if you have an $1,800 apartment, it might now rent for 1700 something like that. Think of it that way. And I think you're about to see the boomerang as more and more employers require their employees to be back in the office. I think you're going to see the boomerang of these rents on the apartments go back up. Uh, in April, the cost of renting a single family home was up 4.3%. Meanwhile, apartment rates dropped 11%. That's a big drop. Statistically, that is a big drop. And we saw this at the very beginning of the pandemic. And it was pretty easy to identify. It was like, okay, I mean, this makes sense. New York City, bloodbath, San Francisco, bloodbath, as far as these kind of numbers go. And so, you know, why wouldn't it happen in Seattle? It, it has, and it, and it is. The median price of a single family home in the greater Seattle area was $2,811 per month in March, according to a report by CoreLogic, making it the fourth most expensive retail, re, rental market among the areas surveyed. Seattle. 
Rents for single-family homes in Honolulu were the most expensive at $3,050, followed by LA at $2,962 and San Diego at $2,956. Some of the rent stuff that I see is mind-blowing. It's like, who is paying that much to rent a house? This makes no sense. The world has gone bonkers. And I'm a real estate guy. I should be like, oh, look at these rents everybody's getting. It's going to be great forever. No, it's just shocking that there's that many tenants out there that have that much money that they're willing to pay rent, not even an ownership position, not an equity position. They don't own an asset. They're renting somebody else's asset. Nationally, single-family home rents grew 5.3% year-over-year, the largest year-over-year increase in 15 years. A year prior, at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, rent prices were up 2.4% year-over-year. The price increase is driven by demand for the larger spaces that detached rentals provide, the report said. I think that is one portion of it. And the other portion is the, the whole job where the you know people are working, how they're working, um, and just the overall mental attitude towards, I want a house right now. I want a house, which is demand for the larger spaces. Single family rent growth showed a strong rebound in April 2021, with all price tiers back above their pre-pandemic rent growth rate, Molly Bozel, principal economist at CoreLogic, said in an announcement. While rent growth slowed last April at the start of the pandemic, everything slowed because it was shut down. The rate of rent growth this April was running above pre-pandemic levels, even when compared with 2019, and shows no signs of diminishing. Year-over-year rent prices grew by 12.2% in the Phoenix uh, Mesa Scottsdale Metro, which was the largest increase found in the report 12.2%. That's those are huge numbers, unsustainable. Here we are. There, rent prices talking about the Phoenix Mesa Scottsdale area there rent prices were 1881 in March, both Boston and Chicago saw year over year decreases in single family rents in April. Boston's rents dropped by 5.9% and Chicago's were down by 2.6%. Apartments aren't following the same trend. Apartment rents in Seattle in May averaged $18.95, according to a report by Rent Cafe. While that is a drop of 11%, Tacoma's rents are up 7% year over year to an average of $14.58. Tacoma, the aroma of Tacoma. And that was uh, not a good aroma. It was a bad aroma. And that's been somewhat eradicated. Had to do with the waterfront and all the mills down there. And whenever you've got mills, it smells bad because they're processing paper products. Um, if any of you have ever smelled that smell, it's a distinctive smell. And you're like, oh, yeah, the aroma of Tacoma. Tacoma is coming back around. Tacoma has been, it's been a rougher version of Seattle for a long time, but because it's so close into employment centers now, the housing has gone up dramatically. It's still fairly affordable, but it's one of those neighborhoods. It's one of those towns that's it's on the come up for sure. A lot of technology is going that way. And it's, you know, it's in the Pacific Northwest and it's, it's a sister city to, to Seattle. It's kind of the redheaded stepchild though, right? But it's, I mean, you can get a great house there that's very affordable. And if you don't have to commute up the I-5 corridor to Seattle, maybe you're working in Tacoma, you get some great housing and some great neighborhoods. And you know, it makes sense. There's always those neighborhoods where you're like, yeah, but it's just not the cool place to live. But man, you get a lot more bang for your buck. 
Tacoma is one of those neighborhoods. Done a lot of appraising in Tacoma over the years, um, both good and bad. In the 80s, hilltop area of Tacoma, not a guy, not a place where uh, young white guys walking around taking photos of houses. That was not a good gig being an appraiser in the hilltop area in Tacoma back in the day because um, it was rough. There was a lot of shootings, a lot of gang violence. We were right in that gang violence time and I didn't feel safe. But you got to do your job, right? So rents dropped by 8% in Redmond, Microsoft territory, where the average apartment goes for $2,000. Is it shocking when an apartment goes for two grand, that its price is maybe going to go down when you're in a pandemic? No, it's not. It's it makes sense. But I think you're you're right on the cusp of seeing those numbers go right back up. Following the east side trend, apartment rents dropped 6% in Kirkland and Bellevue, where they averaged $1,949 and $2,151, respectively. So two grand for rent in an apartment. I was talking to uh, oh, I was one of my real estate buddies at the gym I was working out at. I hadn't seen him for a long time, you know, the whole coronavirus thing. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And, uh, and he has a house in Seattle. And um, he's thinking about selling it because anybody who has anything in Seattle, or Portland is thinking about selling. I've had so many emails from people saying, Hey, want to talk about your uh, appraisal company and maybe listing my property, I don't really want to sell. I've got these high cash flow properties. And I don't really want to sell them. But I think rent control is coming. And the restrictions that they are placing on me as the owner of my own property, as far as who I can rent to, how I can rent it, uh, I don't want to deal with that anymore. And I don't want to take the risk of owning these properties moving forward in the political climate that we now deal with. Had emails from attorneys talking about some of the ridiculous situations going on where they're trying to outlaw just, I mean, everything under the sun that might, if you look sideways at a tenant, um, you know, that's a no, no, that's a, that's a no go. So we're going to have these uh, eviction moratoriums kicked out until who knows when, apparently, I mean, we're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. And uh, owners have to deal with it because, you know, while the moratoriums are in place, the um, the owners still pick up the bill for everything. That's how that works. And these owners are getting tired. And I don't blame them. Because they're they're having to pick up the tab. And how much help is there? I did hear uh, from property owner management friend over the weekend that her complex got 10 grand towards one tenant that was behind on rent from the federal money going through. I wish I could remember the name of the entity that the money flowed through to the owner of the company. Um, but a little bit of federal money is coming to help out the tenants. Maybe we're just buying time with these restrictions until the federal government can figure out how to actually get the money, all the billions of dollars that are out there to help these tenants catch up on back rent. Um, maybe we're just kicking these moratoriums down the road until said time where that can actually happen. I don't know. But I've heard very few stories about all the federal money that's earmarked to help these tenants catch up on rent. I've heard very few success stories. I just, I see more and more stories of, yeah, about 5% of those funds have been released. I think it's because they don't have a mechanism in place to disperse these funds. Look at how the PPP money went out. It went out through the SBA. That money got sent out like there was no tomorrow, right? 
There's just no set format between tenants and landlords and all the money that's been earmarked to make that happen. So I think it's super slow going. And in the meantime, the owners picking up the uh, picking up all the pieces. And they're like looking forward down the road going, if I can get whatever it is, a few hundred grand out of my property and uh, into something else, I'm going to do that. And maybe it's a whole another asset class. And so all of this stuff, and I've been talking about this forever, all of the restrictions being put on, um, on owners renting property out. Yeah, that's just going to constrict the supply of rental housing. Rents are going to skyrocket. That's what I've been saying. And I think you'll see, I think you'll see that it, whether it's, you know, soon or later, I think it's a combination between the two. It's not super immediate. It's going to take a few months for this to kick in. Maybe it's six months down the road. You know, you, maybe it's a year down the road because a lot of these leases are year long leases and property owners, um, you know, they, they're going to have the ability to basically say, yeah, I'm going to sell that. And I think you're going to see a lot of mom and pop owners who've had a big, who've maybe owned these properties for a long time. Um, they're going to look at their numbers and go, yep, it's time. And so they pull their properties out of the rental pool. That's that constriction of the supply. Guess what happens? There's one way for these rents to go. And guess what? It is not down. It's not down. I think the rent uh, drop that you're seeing right here, that is the last hurrah for a while. That's what I do. That's what I do. Does that make any sense at all? Probably not. Um, so thanks to higher asking prices for apartments, the long overlooked city of Tacoma is now attracting the attention of multifamily developers. I think multifamily developers are going anywhere that it's even marginally affordable and makes sense because they've got pent up demand of people renting you know, renting places. Right now, we're in a tiny little bit of a lull for the multifamily stuff. And that's why you're seeing like that 11% drop tiny little lull. That's my opinion. Anyway, other people are like, Oh, it's a long term thing. No, it's not look at the amount of jobs coming into these areas, amount of jobs going into Tacoma amount of jobs going into Seattle. That's kind of how this goes. So Tacoma Town Center recently opened one of its phases called Jefferson Yards with 144 apartment units, about 400 more units will be added once the project is finished. Currently, there are 2,900 apartment units in the city's development pipeline. That is great and all, but so apply those numbers. That's Tacoma. That's smaller. It's still bigger than Bellevue. Take how many jobs are coming to Bellevue from Seattle, just Amazon alone, 25,000. 25,000. Start thinking those numbers. And this is just a couple of cities on the West Coast, you know, where the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, so I kind of focus on this. Um, but yeah, you're talking about 2,900 apartments. It's kind of like when the homeless entities say, well, we just added 40 more, you know, temporary housing units to our stock. And then you read that there's 15,000 homeless people and you're like, okay, that's a step in the right direction, but we need some big scale stuff to happen. And, and for there to be affordable housing, you're going to have to build thousands of housing units. And that's just not happening. It's, it's just not happening. We, we chip away a little bit at a time. And so ultimately, what you're seeing is just an increase of rents, an increase of the, of the price of the apartment complexes, and an increase in the price of single family rents. And we certainly are seeing an increase in the price of single family homes. I mean, some of the median home pricing 
increases that I have seen over this past year. Granted, we've had a wonky year. And January, February of 2021 compared to March, April, May of 2020. Did I say January, February, March of 2021? That should have been January, February, March of 2020 compared to April, May, June of 2020. Those numbers are all over the board, right? I mean, you almost can't count those statistics. But if you look back at 2019 compared to 2020 compared to 2021, there's basically up for single family. That's about all you're seeing. And some of that has to do with during a pandemic, everybody wanted a house. So anybody that could afford a house, they're buying one, they're renting one, whatever, because there's basically there's very little uh, rental housing available anyway for single families. Seattle's always had a shortage of single of, of rental housing. So that's why our rental housing has been a little bit higher, I think than other areas. But now I mean, it's it's definitely getting up there to that point where because um, when you're when your apartment rent averages almost $1,900. Those are crazy numbers, aren't they? Those are crazy. You should have a mortgage for that. But then I'm just showing my age. And I'm like, Oh, I remember back when one of my stories is is I literally remember looking at homes in the Seattle area, big homes, you know, not great. But four, four bedroom, three bedroom, uh, two bath, older homes all throughout Seattle. I had a single line printout from the Northwest Multiple Listing Service. And back then it might have been called the Puget Sound Multiple Listing Service. Um, those of you that are long time in real estate would understand the difference. But it was so long ago that I had two single line sheets of pages of homes under 50 grand in Seattle. This would have been 1988, 1989. So one of the guys I was working with, we just went out and looked at a bunch of these. Just looked at them. And we probably had 40 or 50 homes under 50 grand to look at at that point in time. Under 50 grand. Now you don't have anything under 700 grand. And that's not that many years ago. It's a lifetime ago, and yet it's still not that many years ago. So I think there's one way for these rents to go, and that is uh, up, up. Um, and but we've had this, you know, we've we've had this. Just that was an awkward um, wasn't it? Um, we've had this short shift because of the coronavirus to stall out or slight drop in rents, but I think a lot of that is external conditions, not internal. Not like people, there's nothing wrong with the uh, apartment housing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the overall appearance to your typical tenant or your typical buyer has been, I'm going to take that single family home. I'm not even going to mess with the multifamily anymore. So that's what you've got going on. So my prediction is you'll see a big, you're going to see a, um, a ramp up of rents because they've been a little bit low. And then people are going to be like, oh, okay, I got to go get an apartment. I need to live closer in whatever the reason might be, or it might just be, hey, all that cool stuff in the areas where a lot of the apartment complexes are, that's open. I can get a cheaper apartment than I can a single family. And on the ground floor, there's a pizza shop. I'm down. And it's got a gym. I can work out in the gym that's open. I'm down. Let me take my $2,000 apartment. Sorry, $1,895. Let me take my $1,895 a dollar a month, two bedroom, two bath. Is it two bedroom, two bath? Probably. Apartment with no garage, no car storage. 
but the pizza pizza shop is downstairs along with the gym. So you can work off your pizza in the gym. All that stuff's going to change because we're opening back up. Um, yeah. And so that's where we are. So single family rents up, apartment down, but that is a temporary thing. Mark my words. Right here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. The beauty of saying that on a podcast is that we can all look back and go, oh, Sean, you were wrong. That's what we're doing here. Thanks for being here. If you found this content interesting and or helpful to whatever it is that you do, love to have you subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. We're releasing two podcasts a day, Monday through Friday, one on Saturday and Sunday. That's what we're doing. Thanks again for being here. You guys stay safe. Until then, which will be soon. I'll see you soon. We'll talk then. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.